0: episode 17 confidence and the sunk cost fallacy i've decided to talk about these two things today just because i've been looking back on my life and seeing patterns i was told that i need to look back on the patterns that have happened within my life understand why they have happened pinpoint the triggers of each thing and fix them if i deem necessary in order to change the things that i don't like in order to progress and move forward on with life one of the things that i saw was lack of self-confidence not loving myself at all self-esteem was always low and through that i found myself in the sunk cost fallacy more than once I also feel like a lot of people, especially within this generation, fall within the sunk cost fallacy. So I want to just talk about that. So in this episode, you're going to hear my experiences really from early life up until current to see where that confidence, where that confidence or lack of comes from. And hopefully I can learn through speaking it out loud how I can fix it moving forward. I've never had confidence in myself at all. If you were to close your eyes and picture a skinny nerd with glasses, that's a little light-skinned. That's me. Played sports, basketball, soccer, and baseball growing up, but I was the smallest guy. For the first half, we'll say up until halfway of elementary school, maybe towards the end of elementary school, I was good. I'll tell you I was above average. Hitting was good. We'll say if if we're looking at it like on a gym chart, I'm never the last one picked. I was one of the first ones picked at that time. And yeah, it was a good time. But as times evolved, that definitely flipped. We'll get into that in a second. If I were to rate myself 1 through 10, I'm a 4. The only time that ever goes up is if I have a haircut. I have brand new clothes that I just bought, took the tags off. Got shoes that came out 10 minutes ago. And I'm going out right now. Then I'm a 4.25. biggest insecurity for sure is my body. Everything about it. Be hair, nose, eyebrows, lips, ears, into like whitened teeth, uh, dandruff, acne, anything. Anything you think about that has to do with your body, I'm insecure in every which way. That is why I wear long sleeves. For the majority of you guys, you guys only seen me in long sleeves or in sweats or jeans. I like to cover my body as much as I can and that's why I wear neutral colors and I don't own white because it makes me look we'll say the smallest in the sense of not standing out and at the same time it hides all of what I consider my imperfections at work going just going to the store up the street I got gas today stuff like that I'm wearing long sleeves because I don't like the way that I look in short sleeves at all I went out the other day to go play volleyball and it's like 40 of us and i looked around and it's outside we're in the sand you know it's like 85 degrees outside so it's really nice weather and i look around and i see that i'm the only one out of these 40 people that's wearing a long sleeve i look around again i said okay well who's wearing sweats there's only one other guy and he's wearing sweats and that's because i am very insecure about my body when it comes to the volleyball thing in particular I, i will continue to wear it regardless of how much confidence I gain, mainly because I've seen people cut up their knees and cut up their elbows, and I don't want that to happen. And because I'm already comfortable wearing long sleeves and sweats in 85, 90 degree weather at night, I'm gonna continue to do it. But I need to make that the main reason and not me being insecure about my body. I find that that low self-esteem comes from my parents, me having a high standard for myself and being compared a lot. I don't know if that comes from, you know, being a minority, being the youngest child, being part of a big family, but being compared either to my brother or to my cousin that lives in the DR happened a lot. My cousin in the DR and I were the same age. We were pretty much the same build up until like 12, 13 years old until he started focusing more on getting drafted uh playing baseball. well I just remained being my same skinny nerd self. So whenever my dad would reference my cousin mentally I would compare myself. At the same time, my dad very hard on my brother and I, especially when it comes to physical appearance. My brother was always bigger than I was, so I was compared to my brother. Whenever my dad would shame my brother for his looks, he would then come over to me and be like, okay, be like Edgar or don't be like Edgar. And he still does that to this day. I remember about, I think it was about a couple of months ago, I went out with him to dinner and he said, hey, are you still going to the gym? I said, yeah, not as much as I would like to, but I mean, I'm still, you know, working out every once in a while. He said, oh, well, you should stop because now you're getting too skinny. And, you know, before you used to be really big, now you're too skinny. I said, what do you mean by that? He's like, yeah, your legs look too small. Like, it seems like I never satisfy him. There's always something wrong. So it, it just kills me. And. It hurts more when it comes from someone you care about or someone that's close to you because if somebody random comes up to you and say, hey, you're fat, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, I've told that to myself a million and a half times. You saying that doesn't affect me that much because I've heard it from myself that many times, but if it comes from my dad, it hurts like the first time I hear it, you know? In baseball, like I said, the first half we we'll say like the first half of me playing, was which, which is up until middle school, I was a good player, but in middle school, that kind of all changes. When we started having tryouts for, you know, hitting and running and stuff like that, I would constantly be at the bottom, be one of the last people picked by each team or by the coaches and stuff like that. I realized that I was not the fastest. I was like a skinny fat, so I was like slow. Seemed like very out of shape. Had no strength. One year of Little League, there was a coach that shamed me for not being able to hit. Like I was never a great hitter up until that point. Because I just lost hand-eye coordination. I don't know what it was. But he would come up to me every single game and say, Denzel, I need you to hit it outside of the infield. Because I would just do straight grounders. And since I'm a right-handed, I would pull it to the left side. So would be either third base and shortstop because I was not fast enough and I didn't hit it that hard, I would always be out, straight ground outs. So he said, Denzel, I need you to hit it outside of the infield at least once this year. And it pretty much took me almost all season to get a hit outside of the infield. And the one day that I finally got the game ball, he was like, hey, guys, Denzel finally did it. Didn't expect him to do it. But that still kills your confidence, you know, especially being outed and me having social anxiety and within the huge team, what, what is considered to be a, a big team. I said, yeah, I don't, I don't like this feeling at all. So a couple years of that for sure killed my confidence a lot. I was a decent pitcher, and I knew I was, but again, the strength never came with it. Command was great, but speed wasn't there. So just me being good at baseball was not a thing anymore because every single thing that you have to do, I was just bad at it. at that point. I lost that touch. I ended up joining a club ball team during this time, and the same thing happened. The coach, not necessarily ridiculed me, but he was just very, very strict, very aggressive. The majority of people on the team didn't like him. I remember seven like of the nine starters didn't like this guy, and he put me in the outfield, and he said, I didn't know what I was doing. I said, okay, it's because I don't play outfield. I'm a pitcher, first baseman. He's like, okay, I'm going to put you at first base. You're not going to do anything. So he puts me at first base, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? I said, nothing has happened yet like so you're not in the right place and just arguing and just doing all that. I was like, nope, I just I can't do anything right at this point. It seems like I didn't have my first kiss until freshman year of college. Did lose my virginity until 20. Uh, I have a fear of rejection coming from middle school and I am completely clueless about science. I asked this girl, Crystal, out in middle school because I thought. Everything led to, oh, she was interested in me. And I asked my friends or asked my brother, I said, so should I do it? She's like, yeah, what do do you got to lose? Like, nothing. And say, hey, like, would you like to go out with me? She said, nope. Hated that feeling. Never asked anybody out really again after that. I thought that the signs that were given were right. So me having that bad read, I'm like, okay, you know what? I guess no signs are good signs anymore. I'm just going to read it bad. I'd rather not take the risk I'm not asking anybody out. I don't know if like clueless about signs is a thing like a guy thing because I was scrolling on TikTok the other day and on a page it talks about how there's a lot of guys that don't like to take signs because we get confused on if it's them being nice or them actually flirting and we're not going to take something small and expand it and get our hopes up to then have them be crushed and then have our self-esteem go down off of that moving on to high school There was this uh, girl, her name was Sarah. Ended up becoming good friends with her and hung out with her all the time. And the first time I ever went to her house, she invited me over for a movie. And she says, as we're walking in, she says, Hey, my parents think that every guy that I bring over to my house, I end up fucking, which is pretty much true. I hear this, don't think anything of it. We just go downstairs, or like we stay downstairs into the, like, the little living room area where the TV is at. We watched Sharkborn Lava Girl with the pizza that I brought over. And call a day, that's literally all we did, just sat there and watched this movie. At the end of the year, she put in the quote of the yearbook, in all caps, said, stop looking over my shoulder. I read that, didn't think anything of it because I don't have any confidence to pursue anything that's given, even if it's obvious. And to this day, I feel like I'm still that way. Another thing that also brought down my confidence during high school was any small sign that I thought was good, like you see in my head, even though I didn't pursue it and I was going to pursue it, I was just completely wrong. Like I made the wrong read. So a decent amount of people went after me or got friendly with me just to get with other people in the group, which is where I define myself as the duff of the group. The duff for you guys who don't know is dumb, ugly, fat friend. So for me, I thought I was dumb. I thought I was ugly and I thought I was fat. So if I'm thinking all these three in my head all the time, then obviously I'm classified as the duff of the group, even though there might be a bigger person or that who I believe I was quote unquote better than at the time. I don't know if there's a better way of saying that, but at the end, I still thought I was the duff of the group. Everyone or a lot of girls used me to get to other people within the group because I was very friendly. So I kept being quiet and passive just to see if anybody was interested in me. During senior year, I had a free period through work experience. So if you had a job and you showed the the pay stubs and showed that you worked a minimum amount of hours each week, you can get a free period. So there was a group of four of us. It was me, Liam, Robin, and Kathy. And we would hang out a couple times during this period. I didn't have a car for the first half of senior year. So Liam would take me over to his house and then my mom would pick me up from his house. But sometimes us four, we would just hang out, go to Panera go to the park. And I was interested in Robin. So to me, I didn't want to pursue it at all, though, because I didn't know any signs. And if there was any signs, which I don't remember there being, I didn't take it at all. So those were pretty much the main two people during during high school that I was interested in but never did anything. Right, Never had the courage or the confidence to go up and say, hey know would you like to go out or go out on a date or do something never did that and to me I thought Sarah was the most attractive person within our class and I was friends with her like really close friends with her for probably four or five months and to me not doing anything and her saying that and writing something just shows it starts with a lack of confidence for sure another person during high school the same thing was Lily uh, this girl named Lily I would talk to my brother and be like, Yeah, I think she's cute. I think she's cool. He's like, Well, she's really friendly. It's like, Yeah. It's like, But I just think she's friendly. That's it. It's like, Well, you're not going to pursue it. I'm like, No, because she's just being nice. And I'm not going to get my hopes up. And I don't think she likes me anyway. So what's the goddamn point? Moving on to college, I had a communications class with two different people. One, um, really dope people, by the way, before anything. That's why I'm sharing people's names because I don't, there's nothing negative to say about any person I mention their name about because they're all really dope. Uh, first person is Yara and the other one's Acacia and again this is not to lift my ego because as you see so far I'm knocking down my ego and knocking down my self-confidence um these two um they were fighting over me for this class this whole time and the first thing I thought about during the situation I was like well I've never been in this so I don't know how to react so what do I know how to do is just be passive and do nothing I only took advice from, you know, friends that I had at the time and my brother, and they were trying to make something out of the situation or force me, not necessarily force me or recommend me to do something within that situation. But me being innocent, I failed and didn't do anything. Like, imagine if, like, my brother would tell me something. He'd be like, hey, Denzel, I need you to do one, two, and three. That's the best thing you should do. But one, two, and three will happen if I'm like a person like my brother. And me not being like my brother. I don't know how to do one, two, and three. So how do you expect me to do one, two, and three? Within this time, Yara also told me that they had like a girl conversation within that communications class. And she said that multiple people, not just, you know, occasion Yara, were interested in me. They thought they were attractive and they wanted to pursue it. And I said, cool. Okay. What do you want me to do with this information? She just looks at me. I was like, are you stupid? I said, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not going to do anything, Like, I'm just going to still be here, sit passive because I still feel like I'm very unattractive. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not going to do anything. What's the goddamn point? No confidence of even going up to somebody to say, hey, can I get your number? I'm not going to do that, regardless of who it is in the class. One of them was like an older person. God, what am I, 18, 19 at this point? And she was like 30. And she like straight up says like, yo, like what the hell's happening? Like, let's go out on a date or something. I said, no, I'm good. And even that, like, I just didn't want to do anything. Acacia said that uh, it's surprising that I never did anything before. Like, at this point, I still haven't had my first kiss. And she said, it wasn't because of me. I said, of course it's because of me. Like, what do you mean? Like, the reason I haven't done anything to this point is definitely because of me. She's like, well, not physically at all. Maybe because your actions are stupid. But physically, you're attractive. I said, no, there's no way. Never been, never will be. Just kept shutting myself down. Every opportunity that someone gave me a compliment, I didn't know how to take it. Just shot it down, kept being negative, kept being passive, kept doing nothing. And kept being insecure about my body through comparisons, through seeing how small and tiny I was. This is actually a good point to put in is during this time was when I was like, okay, cool, let me start building my confidence through the gym. So I ended up finding when a trainer and at this point i remember the very first training session i couldn't even squat my own body weight i couldn't bench press just the bar like it was a struggle just to get like three reps up uh the trainer well my old trainer still one of my good friends adam he told me i had a salsa dip chest because instead of you know your chest looking the way it's supposed to it looked like it went into my body like i could eat salsa because it was shaped like a bowl like that's how weak I was and he said I was painfully thin obviously he told me all this after I started getting a little bit more muscle during that time but he said yeah you were painfully thin so on top of me not having confidence in myself and then him saying that obviously after I have gained strength like that to me is the view that I see if that makes sense and on top of that to this day I still see that person in the mirror when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm looking at that skinny kid from before that couldn't rep that, that was super innocent, that was super passive. A lot of guys that I talked to during volleyball are the same way, Remember, I was talking to a homie and he said, yeah, like I still see myself as I was two, three years ago, even though like I'm more fit now in the mirror. And sometimes that just gets to you sometimes. And to me, that gets to me more than it should, right? Move on to my first relationship, right? If I'm so passive, how does this happen? How do I get into a relationship? Well, I met her through a family friend, through a board game day. and It was a group, say about six, seven of us. And I'm with my brother, we go play board games, it was a fun time. We go home. My brother and I start talking. I was like, "Hey, you saw Esmeralda, right?" It's like, "Yeah." It's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Oh, I think she's attractive." It's like, "Okay. Well, do you are you going to pursue it? Something that you don't do?" I said, "No, not at all." Like, obviously, if I'm thinking she's super attractive. She's out of my league. Like, why would she go for somebody that's a four if I believe she's a 10? So through hanging out with that group, um, I ended up realizing that she had a crush on me. Like the group would force us to go do stuff together, as in we were all chilling at one house one time and everybody was hungry. And I said, "Yeah, I love driving. Like, I'll go pick up the food. Just tell me what to get. Like, do you want some pizza? We can go get some Denny's. We can get some In-N-Out. Just, you know, put down the order, whatever." So we end up figuring out what to eat, writes down the order. I said, "All right, cool. I'm a dip. Anybody want to come with me?" And they're like, "Esmeralda, go with it. Denzel." And then it's like, "Yeah, of course I'm gonna go with him." And then <laughs> this other guy, Razi, which is part of the group, Razi's like, "Yeah, I want to go too." And everybody in the group yelled out, "Razi, you're not going with them." Razi's then, "No, I want to go though. Like, why? Why not?" And then this group is like, do you not understand what's happening? Let them go alone. And me hearing this, obviously, like, it takes me a second to understand what's being done. But after this happening a couple times, I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm starting to get what's happening here. And then she also was the one that forced it. Like, the first date, which said, hey, like, you like those zero degrees, right? Like, you went there last week for the grand opening. I said, yeah. Okay, cool. We should go. We should go sometime. And I said, okay, sure, why not? And that's where that started. Within that relationship, I was still insecure about my body for sure. I thought I was inferior to her in every which way, through body and experience. So she's been in one relationship prior to that one, and that was my first one. So to me, I'm like, okay, since you know about this, I'm going to let you take charge and be more passive and learn from you. The other thing was she would get DM'd or every guy that would talk to her would try to get at her. Me already being insecure about my body with guys going on top of her, not on top of her, pause, with guys pursuing her, like made me even more insecure, which ended up being one of the main issues within the relationship. We ended up breaking up a million and a half times though for different reasons and for different ways. You know, we both had our faults. we were both toxic, right? I said things that I shouldn't have. She did too many things that she shouldn't have. But I kept going back, which is where the sunk cost fallacy comes in. So the sunk cost fallacy is defined as the phenomenon whereby a person is reluctant to abandon a strategy or course of action because they have invested heavily in it. Even when it's clear that the abandonment would be more beneficial. It's used in financial terms and also in relationship terms. So in relationship terms, let's say you've been dating somebody for two years and at this point you think it's better to put a band-aid on the situation or try to resolve the issues or red flags rather than trying to find somebody new and relearning your tendencies and going through that two year process again, right? I saw this thing on socials the other day about a girl talking about how the feeling you get of, let's say like her boyfriend coming home with her exact in and out order because they've known each other for so long rather than getting to know somebody new and then asking oh what are your favorite fast food places oh what are your favorite orders from those fast food place fast food places and learning that whole structure again us being people of habit we just like to be in our routine sometimes and when that person becomes very involved within that routine it's hard to break off of that so we end up going back to our exes and going back into relationships even though we know that it's not the smartest thing to do. Like, uh, as Esmeralda, as she keyed my car, and everybody knows her, at least everyone close to me knows her as the person that keyed my car. And I still went back to her after that through different reasons because I'm just like, okay, you know, it was a mistake. You admitted to it, all this other stuff. And again, went back and forth a lot. I definitely came back a lot because of that lack of confidence within my physical self. Right. I didn't think I would find somebody as attractive as her. I'm like, okay, so if I'm a four and I consider her to be a 10, there ain't no way in my lifetime I'm going to find another 10. So this is the opportunity for me to keep this right. And I would go back for that reason. Her, she would get out of it and come back and she said, Oh, well, any other person I was talking to during the times that we were apart, they didn't treat me the same. They didn't, you know, devote as much time or weren't as nice. And so because of both of those things, we kept coming back into this relationship. The way we get ended up splitting up permanently um, was through my brother. At least that's what helped me. I'm not saying he was the reason that we split, but I'm saying like the reason that I finally moved on from that was for my brother at least we'll call it part one of it because we'll get into part two in a second my brother showed me this thing called the flipping page method which is when you're in a relationship you look at all the positives obviously you want it to go well whenever there is an issue you refer back to the positive size like look like we've gone we've gone through this before we've resulted in good things all this other stuff like we should just be positive so you look at the positive side of the page like their smile their beauty how much they make you laugh unconditional love stuff like that when you decide to move on because there's too many red flags on the back of the page because whenever you read anything it's front and back right but during the relationship you try to keep it on the front um, but again when you try to end the relationship you flip the page to the back side and on the back side is all the negatives the reasons that you left is like okay well these, this person is too codependent Or that it's something specifically that cannot be forgotten, whether it's cheating or in my case, it should have been keying my car something like that. And you try to keep it on that side of the page. Once you start trying to flip it back over, like when they try to come back, you try to flip it back over because you start saying, oh, it was so nice. It wasn't this. I was in a routine. I was happy. I had good laughs, even though, you know, she made me cry a lot. She still made me happy. All this other stuff. Then you flip the page back over and you forget about all the red flags and all the negatives of why you left the first place. But what ends up happening is those red flags and those negative things still remain that we overlook for a short period of time until you realize that those things are red flags and you leave for that specific reason. It did take me a few times or more than a few times to keep that page flipped. As in like the when she came back, I kept the negative side of the piece of paper up and say, no, these are too many negatives that I can too many red flags, and too many deal breakers that I can't deal with it after that that's when I met Bree which is the person that I referenced within this podcast right and with her it was the same thing I think she was also caught, caught within the sunk cost fallacy because she was going through her own thing and she went back to a person that cheated on her multiple times right to each their own each person has their story but I believe she falls into that category for sure well that's part two now i was living with jeff my roommate at the time we were talking about relationships in our past lives and he says well do you ever think about hitting her up or has she hit you up i said yeah sometimes obviously but I'm, I'm still looking at the negative side of this page and she hasn't really reached out a few days later she reaches out and says hey are you doing okay like i had something come up and it was negative i just want to make sure you're doing all right like your health is okay i said yeah like it's all good thank you for like reaching out are you doing okay Says, yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for replying. A couple of days later, I'm on this website. It's the first time I was ever on this website. It was recommended um, by somebody. I think it was looking to audio equipment because I was looking for stuff for my car. And uh, I'm clicking to the search bar. And you know, when you click on the search bar, it shows your recently searched. So if I, this is an audio site, it would look up like aux cable or head unit or 50 millimeter driver or something like that. I, um, clicked into the search bar and the only thing that comes up is esmeralda's name like her full name typed out i say, okay so jeff's talked to me about this this thing happens on this website and she reaches out it's a sign you know like got into my field started over thinking this whole situation and i hit her back up and from there we started talking again through this my brother stopped being my brother because we ended up getting into like this huge fight which I'll probably described for another day but we ended up getting into this huge fight and in the end, I was talking to her for about a month, month and a half, and it didn't work out. The thing with Esmeralda specifically, it's hard to get her out of my like family structure. Dominicans are kind of close within the Las Vegas space. So whenever there's something major that happens within the Dominican field, or because it is a family friend, so whenever my mom does something with that family, if Esmeralda's family or her specifically is like intertwine with that event then obviously I might see her at that event so like the most recent thing was when the family friend I knew Esmeralda threw came um, back into Vegas and she's been gone from Vegas for like four years and she lives out the country so I saw her at the event that she threw and we started talking again but not romantically at all just as friends and we've done that a couple times it's not like she hit me up or I would hit her up just to be friends But I realized that in order for me to stay on this negative side, it's better not to be friends. Because what ends up happening, if I'm friends with her, then I can rewrite new things on the front side of that page. And if she decides to do the same thing on her end, like rewrite new things on the front side of her page, because we're now new people, we're different people with new things, learn from our mistakes, you never know what might happen, right? So without ruining that, and also, there's other things on top of that, which is why I wouldn't be her friend, because I still see her as the old self and all these other mistakes and all this other stuff that we've had conversations about. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be your friend. Like, just get out of my life. You know, so I I've, will continue to see her from that negative side, per se. Obviously, I, I believe she's a great person overall in the sense of, you know, I don't wish anything bad on her. I believe she's going to be very successful and do everything she wants to do in life. But that's not with me in it straying away for two seconds from like the negative side of some cost fallacy and confidence was where i started to gain a little bit of confidence right understanding that i could do stuff on my own and i don't need somebody else really during that time this is where i met we're gonna call him a brother from another mother his name is Jer. he's uh my filipino and spanish brother i met him online through gaming and uh, through that we just started talking and it was just us through a voice chat you know on discord talking for hours like our late night hours between like 12 and 5 in the morning once everyone else got off we would talk about everything we're talking about everything about our lives and more specifically during this time was about relationships goals um perspectives about women and he taught me a lot he definitely has lived a completely different life when it comes to women quote-unquote like he has a way higher body count than I do, and he has his reasons for it, and I completely respect it. And great guy overall. Like I said, he's my brother for sure. So he's the one that definitely made me feel better about myself and allowed me to progress within the life of confidence or the progressions of the topic about confidence. He's definitely one of the best hype men out there about every little thing whether it's gaming is like yeah you got that killer when it comes to my own self i was like damn you looking good like your haircut's on on point and me i'll just shut it down since i don't know how to take a compliment and to this day i still struggle with doing that but he has definitely made that push forward to help me out so shout out to him because we'll be forever grateful for that guy With the second relationship her name was avery i met her through a starbucks drive through first time I went through was I was on my way to work and wanted extra energy so I got something with sugar in it obviously so she comes through the window and we ended up talking for a bit and right after she gives me the drink she's like oh like, this is my schedule for this week whenever you come through I'll give you a free drink week passes by and I go through the drive through I ask for her specifically not to get a free drink because I, I don't like that feeling separate separate topic real quick but I don't like going to a place where I know somebody just gets something free. I prefer to pay for it and then ask for the person because then it just feels like I'm using them. And I don't. I hate that feeling, even though it's never the intent. But again, next time I saw her and then literally right there, she wrote down her number and gave it to me. And she gave me something to grab on. That's what um, me being very passive and I wait to see an opportunity or a sign or whatever, even though I hate or can't read signs that was very clear and to me it's easy right so if it's super easy and she gives me her number then i don't have to struggle in that sense or guess so i went with it so i called her up and then we talked that same day and then ended up going out that same day which is a red flag and every which way and i see the mistakes in that and that's probably the details about that is probably for another episode but again if i'm very passive i like women that are more aggressive in that sense, that shoot their shot, because I know I definitely won't. The sunk cost fallacy within this relationship was I broke up with her like a month after moving in with her. And I said, yo, this isn't working out. You got to leave. And throughout that whole struggle of living with the person that you're not with, you're going to fall back into that relationship a lot. Right. Like, I don't want anything to do with you living in a one bedroom apartment. After a week, you're like, okay, cool. Like, we can try to make something out. So, just being in that shared space allowed that to go on a lot where I would break up, be like, yo, no, I need you to get out of here like tomorrow. And then the next day comes. And she obviously wouldn't leave because she didn't have anywhere to go. And then a week passes. I'm like, okay, I guess we can figure this thing out. But on top of that, there was manipulation and stuff like that. So, I think the baseline of me obviously starting a relationship with her. Was through low confidence, because if I didn't do certain things due to the base of that confidence, that never would have happened. But obviously the other mistakes that were made within that process are within myself and not through confidence. Moving on um, a little bit more, my confidence really went to an all time low was Right after that, so Avery was a bigger person. We and us moving out together. I didn't really cook at all. knew how to cook basic stuff, if even, and I didn't like to cook that much because I was very lazy. And she would eat out all the time, so then I'd eat out with her, and she rarely cooked. And if she did cook, it would be pasta or something high in carbs or high in calorie count. So I went from me being a twig. With the struggle of gaining muscle and weight, at like 150, 160, all the way up to 210 was my heaviest. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and saying, "I genuinely do not like my body." Like throughout the years, I never really liked myself, but I never looked at myself in the mirror and told myself that. Was the first time ever. I said, "I have to do something. I have to change something about this." Definitely went down because at that point, I went to a family trip, like a family reunion in Dominican Republic. And my uncles called me fat. I was very self-conscious the whole entire time. It was the first time I saw everybody in that country for about six years. So imagine, you know, you seeing me as like a super skinny, scrawny kid. And then six years later, he's a fucking Oompa Loompa again, roasting myself here. But it's like, damn, like everybody looked at me as like, damn, like I love my grandma because she's normally the nicest person or, you know, like a grandma is she said "Why you're so big i was like yeah like i gotta lose some weight it's like no 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 like you grew up a lot that's good it's like that means you're eating so now go eat some more because i have food on the table i'm like all right (laughs) okay but i won't eat that much she's like no don't worry about that you'll you'll fix whatever you think you need to fix in the end and while i'm at this resort with the in this family reunion i'm talking to one of my uncles not the one that called me fat different uncle because i got like 20 of them but this one uncle and i told him i was like yeah I'm about to lose like 40 pounds. So at this point when I'm at DR, I'm like 200 pounds. And he said, I don't think you have to lose all that weight, but you know, if you want to fix something, obviously you're gonna to have to build muscle and starts giving me like life advice and stuff that it ended up happening. And that ended up changing my life for the better, for sure. Funny thing was I told him to lo- I was going to lose 40 pounds and did it by the end of the year. So, you know, yay me coming back. Obviously, broke up with Avery, so moved back with my mom. Started focusing more on my health. I was right where I started. Target, so everything really changed in order for me to focus on exercising and having that be number one on my list every single day. The other main person that has helped me throughout all this is my spiritual counselor, Ariana. She made me do an exercise about writing a letter. Um, or writing two letters so the first one is bashing yourself as in in every which way Like if I'm roasting myself for being self-deprecating write that in the letter so in this letter I would write you're so fat Denzel you're so stupid uh, you just move back to your mom's house for the second time because you're a goddamn failure just make a huge list and write this story for myself and then you take this letter at the end and you flip it to the positive so when we talk about you're fat I would then write, okay, Denzel, you know, you're not at the goal you want to be, but you're going to get there because every single day you're going to make that effort to it. Hey, Denzel, you move back to your mom's house because what you tried and the risk that you tried didn't work out. But through this failure, you learned, and you're going to only be here for a small amount of time or a short period of time because you get on your, back on your feet and do great things in the future. So literally you turn every single negative thing into a positive. And from there, I really stopped Being super negative on myself like to this day like yeah I am still a little bit negative in the way that I look but it's definitely a lot better from that point whenever I do speak negatively about myself I catch it a lot more often I say no that's not the way I need to look at things and throughout each session that I would do with Ariana you know slowly but surely my confidence would build up and this is where the target era comes in we'll call it and to not get into the situation because now that i'm back at it i mean half the people still work there the other half don't but the most important part is a lot of things that happen within the group we're going to call it the main friend group of target um, happened because of my lack of self-confidence during that time if i were to do it again I would do it differently because I do believe that certain things could be changed. Like if I had more confidence, I would have done this or done that or said yes or said no. So but I don't regret anything because I needed to learn all those things and understand those perspectives in order for me to grow as a person. And, you know, people that go to Target know that story. So no need to really elaborate on that. If you really want to know, I'll tell you personally, but. Nothing, nothing negative to say, because I don't think there should be anything negative to say. After that, the person Curtis that you uh, heard on the podcast before, we were talking about confidence, right? After we recorded the first episode that I did with him that we ended up not putting out, we were talking outside and we were talking about confidence. It's like, okay, so what you got going right now? Like, you talking to anybody? I said, no. Don't have confidence in myself. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, I mean, you're you're an attractive man, like you why don't you get out there it's like no and he said i'm actually surprised that somebody like you is saying something like that and we started talking about different ways of me gaining confidence and obviously i said through my body i'm gonna work out once i get to this level of body type i'm gonna feel happy and then he really hit me like right in my soul when he said i think it's something else though like because by the time you get to that point it's not gonna just go away i think it's something else that you have to pinpoint in order to get over this confidence thing and to this day i'm still trying to iron that out just trying to see if it's something other than just that and more on self-acceptance and things along that nature on tiktok there's a page it's called I think it's called the lifting society i'll look it up a little later but the lifting society it shows stories of different influencers or random people at the gym and why they started how long they've been in it and why they continue? What's their motivation? And there's an influencer. Again, forgot his name, and he says, "Yeah, I've been lifting for six, seven years. He's super built, super jacked." And he said that he was bullied a lot um, back in the day, and when he builds muscle, it also, you know, gains the confidence because of that's where he found his original motivation. So he continues to go to the gym because he's not just building muscle to look good but because that to him is part of his confidence and then there's another influencer that's sarah that has been lifting like 15 16 months and it was the same thing like she just got out of a breakup and she started to hit the gym and that was a huge confidence booster. So she gained like 30 pounds within those 16 months mainly of pure muscle and she's super happy and has a completely different perspective on the world so to me i'm trying to see that happen when i get to the point that i want to right i have like a three month goal because i have a wedding to go to in september so to me that's really like a true test of me trying to be happy more within my own self physically for sure and allowing the other things that i really can't change or things that i guess get to me a lot and not let them get to me that much as in like my teeth i was always roasted about having really yellow teeth so i started to whiten them and i did like a I did the whitening in the office and now I have whitening trays at home that I would do weekly. But to me, I'm like, I'm doing too much. My teeth are getting super sensitive. Like, I don't need to be on top of this all the damn time. To me, it's just like a self thing. Like, I think the reason I want to try to get in this white is because I feel very insecure about it. But I should stop doing that because, you know, no one really cares. And I think I look fine currently with the shade level that I have with my teeth. Right. I can. I don't need to do them every week. I can do them every other week. I can do them once a month. That way my teeth are that sensitive and going down that rabbit hole. Right. Going back a little bit more to the sunk cost fallacy point. I think many people fall into that because, you know, they end up becoming very codependent. People that are afraid to be alone, that don't know how to live with themselves in that which way. I have learned that I love my time alone. Right. Once I stop bashing myself in private, I'll be OK, really. <laughs> But being able to go to the movies or go to a restaurant, nation or I'm about to go out and probably get sushi later tonight, along with some ice cream alone and have fun with that. I'm cool. Right. I don't need anybody else. So then I don't find myself um, going back to anybody because I know I don't need them. Right. And once I unlock that, you know, full confidence within myself and self-love, then, you know, I'll be untouchable to a point where I want to be in a good way. Obviously, not not in a bad God complex. The people, there are a lot of people around me that I still think are in that, you know, some cost fallacy mode, whether it's my best friend or my brother or. You know, we'll call her a friend, but I believe it's a genuinely good person, Cam, people from Target and, you know, this whole generation really falls into that. I see a lot of things on TikTok where it says people are either in a relationship or too caught up on their ex or too damaged to get into a relationship because of their ex. So it's like a combination of all of those creates this now hookup culture, which is insane. All right, Going back on that long sleeve point, I started to make conscious decisions like I'm forcing myself to not wear long sleeve when I go out. Went to the gym the other day trying to find a long sleeve for me to wear. I'm like, I'm going to the gym. It's like going to be one in the morning. There might be one person, two people in this gym that I go to now. And I know they're not going to be looking at me because this gym's really dope. Why the hell should I wear a long sleeve? So I was like, okay, cool. Just put a black t-shirt on and left. And now I'm finding myself not wearing long sleeve, at least at the gym. So at least I found a, an avenue to start that process. Today, I went to go get gas at Costco and I was about to throw a long sleeve on. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go literally get out my car for three seconds and don't really care. So let me put on a short sleeve on, right? I don't know if it's going to be the same when I go to the gym tonight or go out to eat or go to go get some ice cream. But I mean, at least I'm starting that process because it's better to start from somewhere. Right. To the point where I'll evolve to where I don't need long sleeves in my life 24 seven as much as I do now. Going back to the very main point of this is I see the patterns in my life and this being one of them that I need to definitely start on. Because a lot of stuff that's happening in my life, I allow stuff to happen, whether I don't say no or allow people to run over me in certain different ways. Really, the baseline of it is confidence. So I think a lot of those patterns where a lot of negative comes from. um, If I fix this, then the foundation, you know, becomes solid. And then I will start ironing out the rest of the details throughout each action and situation as they progress. So I do have that three month goal since I'm going to uh, DR, but I definitely have a six month goal, more on the fitness and of other things that I plan on expressing more in the next life update episode. Don't know if that'll be the next episode or if I have somebody on, but whatever the case may be. Thank you guys very much for listening. I appreciate it. As always, this uh, podcast definitely makes me build a little bit more confidence in that sense, because I have a medium to throw this out and make myself not seem like i'm fully crazy even though i feel like i'm crazy 100 percent of the time when you uh when you hear this you're like really denzel really really that's you really and uh another thing that makes me build confidence is being able to laugh at myself when i do something embarrassing or dumb that normally i would have social anxiety on i just laugh it off like if i trip and fall somewhere i just start laughing i was like you dumb dumbass, denzel why the hell are you tripping you tripped in, on air, like, come on now, and I just die of laughter for no reason, which is also um, one of the th- reasons I love the gym. Um, one of the things that I remember, there was one guy right in front of the mirror, right from the dumbbells when I worked, at, worked out at EOS, he was just dancing, and just seeing him dance made me smile, so now I try to have that happiness every single time I go into the gym, which then builds confidence because if I'm having fun, if I'm, if I'm happy, right, you know, that confidence is going to keep building. Another point on top of that is for haircuts, you know, I look good, feel good, right, and the only way I really look good to a degree in my eyes currently is when I get a haircut. I used to get a haircut every week because of it, right, that's kind of expensive, you know, I might do it every other week, but might do it three times a month, who knows, but me getting here because definitely makes me feel good so i might have to do that more often as well again thanks for hearing my rants and my bullshittery we'll call it and hopefully you know it was enjoyable to hear and if you guys have any confidence issues and if you guys have worked on it and knew which way and things that worked i would love to hear it because you can do something a million ways and one finally might stick because it works for you specifically. Or if you guys struggle with confidence Just hear all these inspirational quotes And stuff out of a tiktoker On instagram reels about You know don't care about what people think and Obviously easier said than done right But it has to be done At the end of the day because the only Person that's stopping you Is you Take it easy have a great Morning Afternoon or evening Wherever you're at Bye.